This is the Hard Mark Podcast, starring Eric Donaldson and Ryan Murphy. Welcome, everybody, to episode 11 of the Hard Mark Podcast. With me, as always, is the man of a thousand compliments, the soul skater, the mater d' of Matt Drama, the Tampa Bay topsider, the living painting, because he is a work of art. The talent. How could you I should add that? that. I should add it to the list. We we really shouldn't come up with any more nicknames for you, but um, a lot, yeah. The, but you the know, talent. All the things you have to throw out. You know, it'll be it'll be good. Yeah, the talent. Uh, Ryan Murphy. Ryan, how you doing? I am doing all right. Um, been off for a week, so. Oh yeah, just enjoying uh, that. Uh... No, nothing. I haven't enjoyed anything. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm here. I'm, no, that's not true. I'm here with. <laughs> but um, aside, you know, from like that, you can't do anything. But I'm enjoying it. Um, oh man! Um, so just to oh gosh, all right. Before <laughs> I need to set the stage a little bit. Obviously, people have probably picked up on the fact that you and I are not it physically the same place at this moment. Um, we are recording this in the in the middle in the heat of the coronavirus. Uh, this, I don't know. We'll, we'll see when this makes air. This is may. Who knows? Maybe it'll be an apocalyptic time by the time this comes out, or maybe this will all just be a faint memory. But I can only imagine the amount of noise and riffraff that you're going to cause now that I'm not there to physically restrain you from <laughs> hitting and tapping things while we speak. That's I'm not known for that. <laughs> you took completely, completely out of character for you yeah. to just rattle shit around um, as we go along. But but you're doing well. Yeah yeah things are things are good. Oh good. I'm glad I'm glad to hear that. How about yourself? Oh I'm doing well. I'm doing well. We, we occasional grocery store trips. Um, our only my only social. Uh, are your grocery stores doing the tape on the on the uh, floor? Oh like the six feet like yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Glass there's like glass barriers up if you go to check out um, with like an actual cashier. Um, Wait, what? Yeah, yeah, they have like wow. large, large glass barriers, and you can like you can see over them. They're probably like three feet by three feet, but yeah, they have they have those up as well. That's crazy. Yeah, I had no idea. Huh? I don't. I'm huh. not sure it does much, but they're there to make a statement. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's all Get that matters. Out of our store, we don't want to be here. <laughs> um. I haven't seen that. Those have not made their way up north yet, shockingly enough. Um, but I'm good. I'm glad that you're doing well. I guess we'll see um, how many more of these virtual sods we do. I'm sure, you know, we'll, we'll make sure one. Yeah, we can have a big Easter show. You never know. You never yeah, know. In person after this is over on Easter, so that's good. Yeah. yeah. And while I guess we're kind of talking about things that may not necessarily be 100% relevant, uh, by the time this actually becomes posted online, let's just jump right into Tiger King. So you you highly recommended Tiger King to me. I did take notes. I didn't take a lot of notes. I only actually I only took three notes, and I believe that they're all from the very first episode because I knew that we were going to talk about it. Uh, and then it just became if I was going to take a note about everything like ridiculous that happens, we we yeah. wouldn't have time to do it. So it basically opens, and I'm paraphrasing. I don't think this is exactly what they said, but whoever they're interviewing at the very start of this thing, big cat people are backstabbing pieces of shit. 
and then oh. monkey people are weird. So like that's what he what they let off with in the very first episode. And how how early was that? Because I don't recall that statement, and I caught it a little bit late. I still haven't seen like the first part of the first episode. Was that very? I think it was like the, what it opens with. It's like the very first scene of the very first episode. I might have missed that. Monkey people are weird, but cat people are backstabbing pieces of sh- big cat people. Okay. Or backstabbing pieces I mean, of shit. I, it makes sense to like the you know the premise of the whole like that yeah uh, yeah yeah I mean that's kind of what we found out I, I think um, uh, you know some people may disagree but <laughs> yeah and the only other note that I took was uh, Joe Exotic sex gel oh yeah yeah no you texted me or there's something which was I mean yeah that was that was fitting I think uh, yeah when you I, need I a water based lubricant. I would think of Joe Exotic. If, if that's not going to hit... So, okay, we all know about Dave's Killer Bread. I've never actually had Dave's Killer Bread. I've heard it's very good. I feel like the Joe Exotic sex gel could be the next Dave's Killer Bread. Yeah, are they still... Is that still out in... Uh, not Dave's Killer Bread, but um, is, is Joe's Exotic sex gel, is that... Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Could was, people... No, that- yeah, I mean, I feel like you're right. That could be a thing. Um, but as, you know, on that same tier. Let's see. Joe Exotic. I'll find out right now. People are pro- That's probably why people are hoarding hand sanitizer, is to just create their own Joe Exotic sex gel. Uh, underwear. Okay, there's a lot of questions about, is the underwear still available? <laughs> what eyeliner did Joe Exotic wear on Tiger King? Well, the- <laughs> That's what I mean. Like, after you launch this show, like, I mean, of course the stuff has to get big. This is a, I mean, you could sell the shit out of this thing after this video. I'm, I guess I'm a little surprised, like, you know, the doc and then Carol, like, what what was in it for Carol Baskin? Like, she, now people just fucking, like, think she killed her husband. I don't know. I think, I think she was basically trying, she was probably pitched on the idea that, hey, we're going to expose. Joe Exotic for like what he really is and then like the more they started but I, I had the exact same thought why would anyone who have agreed to do this documentary yeah. if literally every single person who was featured on it just immediately got buried yeah yeah I, so I don't know I, um, it, it seemed like the type of thing like hey if you want to keep making documentaries you probably shouldn't be like targeting literally every single person who agreed to be in your show but that's just me yeah, no, that's that's kind of what I thought as well. Uh, I was a little surprised, but uh, it made for a great documentary. I'm glad she was on it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. agreed. Quality, quality documentary right there, in my opinion. For sure, yeah. I, it's 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 up at the top. It's hard. It's still so fresh. It's hard for me to say if it's like my absolute favorite, but it's certainly it's certainly I, up there. At this it point. doesn't have to be an absolute. Favorite. There was disappointing parts to it, but like overall, it was pretty good. Watch. It was a you know yeah. I, you got to get out there and see that. No, that was a good recommendation. It was a good. That was a good one. I I, I give you full credit. <laughs> I've got a couple of other things. So a couple other notes, not related to Tiger King, because everybody else in the world is talking about Tiger King. Yeah, we don't yeah. need to to you know beat that dead horse, beat that dead husband any more than we already have. Um, I have a grievance that I need to air uh, with you. With me? Uh, with you, yeah. It's a grievance that I have for you. Of not you. Me. It not is me. against you. I'm airing a grievance okay. towards you against you. Okay. Good. Um... Air fryers. Oh, God. Eric, come on. So, <laughs> I'm going to set the stage a little bit. Yeah. So, months ago, 
prior to Christmas, you we were talking about food because you're very a very fussy eater. We've established that on the program. You're a very fussy eater. Yeah, your, I mean, among your favorite foods are fried chicken, specifically that you air fry. And we had a very long off-air conversation where you were selling me on the idea of getting an air fryer, and I spe- and it sounded too good to be true. Oh. Heather eventually joins us in the kitchen, and I repeat several times, like, wait, so you're telling me you just throw the chicken in to the air fryer and then it fries it? Like, you don't have to add anything else? And you're like... No, you don't have to add anything else. And like, and Heather was there as a witness because I thought I was crazy and I thought like, no, I must have just misinterpreted. And then I brought up this conversation to Heather after we had an air fryer and we realized, oh shit, you do have to put stuff on it. In fact, well, yeah, that's why I was incredulous about it. That's why I thought, no, you, I thought it's just crispy made. A thing, and you, I don't, you were selling it to me as some uh, miracle cure. You, oh, it turns no. out you were just a snake oil salesman. <laughs> you need to you need to back the fuck up, Eric. <laughs> uh, no, I I vividly. Anytime I talk about an air fryer, I vividly remember these conversations. It is my clients <laughs> um, that I, that I own, oh, and you know I. I think we were okay. Anyway, I'll start from the beginning. I think we were gifted this air fryer, and I thought it was bullshit too. Like when we when we got, I was like, that's so. Like I'm not gonna sit here and eat air fried wings. Like you know, that's sure. that doesn't make sense. And then I don't know what we first tried it on. Maybe it was. I think Greta made like just like actual like chicken, uh, like chicken legs, like not wings, like the the regular size. And it came out, and it was it was great. But yes, she fucking seasoned them, Eric. She put seasoning on them. To make them taste as you would expect any other time you ate chicken. You don't just put in, like, <laughs> raw chicken and expect it. I mean, it will still be fine. It's, like, edible. But you have to, like, salt and pepper that. You don't... That, that What I said was that you do not have to throw any additional oil or flour or anything like that on there. That is... That is That's not what you said. That may have been what you meant to say. No. That may have been no, your no. intention to say that, but... But you did not say that in those words. You said, no, you don't need to throw in anything else with the chicken. You just throw in the chicken and you're good. How did you think it was going to taste with nothing on it? I was, I just thought this was this magical device that you put chicken in and all of a sudden, hey, it's skinless, but somehow it's still fucking fried and it just works its air fryer magic. Okay. You sold me a bill of goods that the air fryer did not deliver on. Now, granted, other people have also vouched for the air fryer. I'm going. I'm not giving up on the air fryer. I'm still going to make air fryer things, but I'm disappointed no. by the idea that I have to include other things in addition to the meat itself. Okay, here's here's what I'm trying to break down. When you let's, you don't like chicken wings, I believe you said, right? You're not a big fan, or um, they're fine. Okay, let's say you did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay. the one thing I know how to cook in the air fryer very well. Um, okay. So I used to like, and this was this was big during football season. You throw some wings in. It takes it's. There's a lot of preparation, and like, it's annoying, and it's fat. Okay, so you you throw your oil in, you throw your flour on, you coat them, you dry them, you throw your seasonings on, you toss them, cook them in the air fryer. Then you like you have to flip them. We still have to do that okay. air fryer, but like. It's different. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> and then you have to get rid of the oil somehow, and it's just it's this huge, long, annoying process. With an air fryer, you take your bowl of chicken wings. Um, you guys have a huge air fryer, I believe. It was pretty big. It's you pretty big. It doesn't fit in our lot. cabinetry. Yeah, uh, we have one that maybe does like six wings at a time, so you're kind of like rotating them in and out. What do you you know? With the best appliance in the world, sometimes you got to make sacrifice. You can't cook them all at once. Uh, I don't know what point you're making anymore. I don't know what the end game of this is. <laughs> so all you have to do is take your like garlic, salt, pepper, cayenne pepper, toss them in a bowl, and then throw them in the air fryer and take them out. That's it. It's the easiest thing to do. I, I'm just I'm shocked that you're holding like any sort of grudge against this machine, and with me. When I, I, I think I made this very clear. Am I yelling? I feel like I'm getting loud. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's fine for me, but but Greta's probably you know a little <laughs> a little frightened at the moment. You're getting somewhat worked. What are you drinking right now? Uh, Mac and Jacks. Oh, okay, I've never uh, seen that in a in a can before. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not going to recommend it to you, Eric, because you'll just hold a fucking grievance against me later. <laughs> <laughs> I probably will. That's yeah. probably true. I mean, for me, I feel like Tiger King made it a wash. I was really going to hold it against you until I watched Tiger King. Now you're, like, even in my eyes. I should be plus two or three right now with the air fryer recommendation. I I think next time we do this podcast in person, uh, we'll, yeah. start off, we'll start off with some wings. I'll come over. I'll make them. And we'll have them while we do the podcast, and then you can you can say your piece. But don't mislead people into, like, getting away from air frying. Okay. This garbage. <laughs> Man, we have so many meals planned. I already said I would, like, make you salmon, and now you're going to make me air fryer chicken. We've, we've got so many social plans once once this Rona clears up. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just cool. going to get it at work, probably, and then we'll just run through, and then I can hang out again. You know? There you go. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm on board. Yeah. Um, okay, next next item. I've got kind of my list list of things that I wanted to discuss. Literally 15 minutes before we were set to do this whole thing, I was having a conversation uh, with with an Australian gentleman. Very, very nice young man. I, I love it. Yeah, I, I know you do. You've, you've long dreamed of moving to Sydney and yeah. backpacking across... Thailand, riding a scooter. Uh, I know, I know all about your dreams. India, Eric, but okay. India, sorry, sorry. So you're familiar with the game Telephone? Yeah, like it was where you like you whisper a message in someone's ear or something. Is that? Yeah, yeah, and it's just a big line of people, and then the person at the end has to say, "Oh, it was, it was yeah. something yeah. totally different than what the original person said." Uh, apparently, he did not know it by the name Telephone. Oh. He had a completely different name for this game that I thought was worth sharing. Um, because I remember we talked about graveyards uh, a few episodes ago, about like the, the drink graveyard. So it's always interesting to me how there's these cultural differences that exist around terms that you would imagine to be common. So his term for the game telephone is Chinese whispers. <laughs> uh, why is that? Where is that... Uh... That's what I said. I was like, that's got to be racist, right? There's no way that that can't be a racist term. And then he looked it up, and sure enough, it's racist. Ah, yeah, just because... <laughs> and he was immediately aghast of, of, of how that was a racist... Because he never put any thought to it. He was just like, oh, it's just called Chinese Whispers. And then that was just what the game was called. How old is he, roughly? Uh, he's about... I think he might be... I think he's like my age, maybe a year older. 
Okay. So back when racist things were okay. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. You know, when I was when I was born, and and uh, you know, a lot of all the civil rights movement was happening in 1983. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. No. I, I. But the timeline, I think, is probably important on that, and uh, like Australia, you know, as well. But like, I mean, I think everything got really kind of dulled down. Like by the time I was in second grade, playing that game, calling a telephone. Uh, yeah. No, I would, I would agree. I would agree with that. But uh, no, that, that's uh, yeah, that's that's interesting. Um, it it, it is. Is the Chinese like? Is that an Australian thing? I mean, they're closer physically. That's true. So that that might have something to do with it. The closer you are to another country, the more you're going to like shit on that country. I think that's just sort of expected. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, while most people in the United States don't shit on Mexico, or at least I, I would hope that they don't. But I imagine that. Right. I would imagine that most, if you had to look at the ratio, there's probably a lot more Americans, citizens of the U.S., that uh, shit on Mexico than Australians, for example. Yeah. I mean, but Australia's not that close to China. <laughs> no, but, you know, I don't know, time zone friends. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when you're in the same time zone, uh, you got a lot of similarities. Well, that's interesting, yeah. Uh, yeah. Hmm. How did you guys come yeah. across that subject? He he referenced it out of the blue. I have no, I don't actually know what led to it, but he was just like, oh, yeah, it's just like that game, Chinese Whispers. And <laughs> I had to have him define what the game was. I was like, no, you mean telephone. That game's called telephone. You're, you're the thing you called it is, I'm pretty sure it's racist. And then he looked it up, and it, sh it absolutely was. Well, I'll have to look it up after this. this that's... Um... That's... Apparently, if you Google search Chinese whispers, it just says, also known as telephone, it's a game where children whisper well, phrases that, to each other. Like, it used to be, like, you know, like, when I was in, you know, elementary school, we used to sit crisscross applesauce, but before that, it was called Indian style, I believe. I'm an Indian style kid. You're an Indian style kid. See, back when yeah. racism was fine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I if I like this this direction that the podcast is turning in. We got the talent and the guy who was raised when racism was fine. Okay, all right. But yeah, I I it was Indian style when I was a, a, a child. I I was already out of the elementary school system by the time crisscross applesauce became a thing. Crisscross applesauce. Did they call that anything in Hungary? Something racist, maybe for the viewers. <laughs> Something racist. <laughs> Some sort of anti-gypsy term. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, oh, yeah, she, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, she's she's nervous about the podcast. That's that's yeah. Well, you know, we can't bring when you when you have the already. microphone right on you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, last thing I have to mention, kind of as we're getting getting settled into the, to this virtual uh, little recording session. Uh, last thing I wanted to mention. So now that all sports are like done. Um, I've started th yeah, I could, I could see the, your expression on your face. One thing that I, I've been thinking about is what sort of activities that ordinarily I wouldn't care about, what sort of activities at a very high level might be interesting? And one thing that I came up around that was hacky sack. I don't give a shit about normal hacky sack, but if I saw like the Michael Jordan of hacky sack, I would, I would watch that YouTube video. Like, are you talking about, like, viewing it, or are you talking about, like, actually participating in, like, the sport? No, no, not participating, viewing. The, the highest, an Olympic-level hacky sack player. Like, that I would watch just to see how impressive it would be. 
Greta has something. My friend recommended watching. Uh, it's it's a competitive tickling video on on no, documentary. Documentary. Oh, is it the one where uh, I think I might have seen that? Is that the one where they're like bi- binding these people and then holding onto the videos and like basically blackmailing them over them? Greta, did you catch that? No, it's a competitive tickling competition. Oh. <laughs> Can you pick this up? Okay. Yes, I heard that competitive tickling okay. documentary. Competition documentary. Yeah. How do you I determine? How do you how do you figure out who wins? How do you do competitive tickling? Oh, I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> oh. Just making fucking bullshit recommendations that she hasn't even viewed and filtered. <laughs> so did you did you hacky sack as no. a? I I tried it. I and like it was. <laughs> No, so I feel like was, any was, shitty activity or hobby I could list, you'd be like, oh, I did that. Yeah, I spent two grand on it. Uh, you know, okay, okay. Happy <laughs> sex, no, no, no. Happy sex, you're like, that was actually a really, and not, maybe not that interesting, but like, that was a, oh, I don't even want to call it a phase of my life, but there was a, I hacky sacked, and like, you had to, like, when you got it, <laughs> when you get a hacky sack, like, Usually, like, it's either really firm or, like, too dull. Like, there's too much, uh, like, beads in there. Uh-huh. Uh, so you kind of have to, like, work the beads out to, like, just, like, the right amount of beads. So, like, it's, like, you know, kind of flex on your foot but not, like, shoot off your foot. It's, it's like, it, that's an interesting hobby. And I haven't, I don't know if I'm, like, flexible enough and, like, limber enough to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. But you had to, like, throw your legs all over the place. And, and like, it was... I don't know if I would watch a competitive hacky sack thing, but I might like start hacky sacking again now that you bring it up. <laughs> if you ever get to be to the point of you're the LeBron James of ha- of hacky sacking, I would watch it. I would like to. No, that's a good point. Like if you, it, okay, I, maybe that's what you're saying. Like to see the like the the best hacky sacker, that might be something to watch. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I I don't know who that is, um, but. Like, there's all the marble events and stuff, and so, like, I've taken an interest in things that ordinarily I would not care about, but that it's gotten me to thinking, what if somebody did this at an extraordinarily high level, would I care? And I think Hacky Sack is one of those things where, if, it, if it's at a high enough level, sure, I would, I would, I would watch. What about, like, bass fishing? Um, I, like I mean... Like, fishing. Are they using like poles? That? Can they can they just like jump in and, and wrestle the bass? <laughs> I don't know if that's I yeah I that um, I would watch. You would watch like if they uh, with their hands. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would watch that. Like if if like I've seen I don't know if it's fish necessarily, but there's like the the fishermen who like stick their fist in the mud and then something will like grab. Is that catfish? Is that how you get yeah, catfish? Yeah, yeah, it is catfish. It's like their whole hand. Like it, yeah, yeah, yeah. That I would watch. That would be fine. But just sitting sitting in a boat with your rod out the boat, I no, I'm not, I don't think I would be interested in that, even I, if it was I high had, level. I had a guy who came in in, like, a leather jacket with all, like, trophy bass, like, fucking, like, <laughs> advertisements all over. And, and the nicest guy in the world, because boat loans sure. are a pain in the ass. And so, like, I was like, you know, hey. But a great investment. By next week. Uh, what's that? But a great investment. Great, yeah, boats, some people say, are the best investment that you can make. Uh, they I've just appreciate in value. You don't have to put any mm-hmm. money into them or anything. Exactly. Uh, you, buy, you buy a boat, you got your retirement. That's what they say. That's a that's common what they say. phrase. I, I didn't yeah. say that. That's what they say. So, mm-hmm. uh, 
Yeah, you know, Chinese whispers. Yeah, yeah. So heard uh, a Chinese whisper about it. <laughs> just, but you know, my point, like these people, like that's just on TV. Like you can watch bass fishing or, or something. Like, that's kind of an isolated activity, I guess. Have you? Have you watched bass fishing? No, I'm no, I. Mm, it, but it's on like ESPN or ESPN. Like, I mean, it's a major like they'll have like fishing events. Um, sure. So i you know. If you're looking for like you know kind of off center sports like maybe maybe check out bass fishing thing. <clears throat> That's pretty low on my list of off center sports. Have you seen the marble stuff? The marble oh, Olympics. I used, to, I used to love marbles. I like I like collected them as a kid. <laughs> right. uh, but have I don't you seen the really marble Olympics? Like... No. <laughs> okay. I, I there, there's a guy that runs a YouTube channel and it's sports but with marbles. So it's like. Marbula One instead of Formula One. It's Marble Olympics where it's like a relay race with marbles. Uh, it, it scratches that itch, I'll say. Oh, okay. That's that's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll include a link. I'll send the link over to you at some yeah, point. So but it's, put, it, put, it, put it down below. Is that okay, right? <laughs> yeah. Mash, mash that subscribe button. Yeah. Fuck, fuck the up arrow like button with your yeah, penis yeah. and and re- co- comment below <laughs> next to Marbula One. Yeah. yeah, all these things. Uh, you can do that though if you'd like, everybody. If you're so inclined. Yeah. Um, anything? Let's see. Hold on. I think that's it as far as all the the house cleaning items that I wanted to discuss. Do you have anything for? And I'm going to try not to to scream too loud on this. Do you have anything for? There's nothing more that I like than a fresh cut lawn. That was that was loud. I mean, it didn't come. Was it? Loud. I'm sorry. I, I, well, I was trying to muffle it. Um, how, how much uh, how much takeout are you guys eating right now? Honestly, like none, because we're like both wow. terrified of uh, of like job stuff and the economy yeah. and stuff. That's that's fair. We're trying to support the economy, though, over here. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, we've been eating a fucking lot of takeout. So, um, good ass if I was allowed to swear. Yeah, you're allowed to swear. Yeah, this is this is a swearing podcast. Um. Yeah, we like probably like four, mm, three times a week. Maybe four. That's a good amount. Maybe four, four, four is a lot, but, but like you said, you're supporting the local economy. Unless you're going to, like, Burger King, then you're maybe supporting it less. They keep putting up advertisements, like all these, like, Wendy's and Burger King and Denny's, and <laughs> they're so sad. They're, like, such sad advertisements. Like, oh, like, you understand, <laughs> like, everything's being fucking ruined, but, like, order our food free delivery or something. It's and, Pretty like, much. One thing I will say though is Burger King's probably my favorite fast food restaurant. I have, there's just no Burger Kings anywhere. It seems like uh, uh, there's very few. There, yeah, yeah, there's not a whole lot. I haven't been to a Burger King in forever. I Rodeo Burgers. They are. It's the greatest fast food burger you can get, in my opinion. You can't find a Burger King anywhere. But they're advertising like you know a lot of Burger King sad. You know, sad, <laughs> sad Burger King people. Yeah. I've got a Burger King very close to my house, and I have a Popeye's chicken very close to my house. 
I haven't had Popeyes in like ten years. I don't know if I want to again. It wasn't my. But they have that. They had that. Uh, the big debate over the Popeyes and Chick Fil A sandwich. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't. I haven't eaten the Popeyes sandwich. I've been meaning to to try that out at some point, yeah. but I haven't gotten to it. I haven't either. Um, but yeah, so that's that's what we're doing. I maybe oh, we had, I think I still have teriyaki from last night. But um, anyway, you and your teriyaki. Ryan Murphy and Teriyaki go together like peanut butter and jelly. Uh, should we get into our topic for today? I, I, okay, actually, first, hold on. Before, and again, this is a podcast. No one can see us, but I, but you and I have a video call going on right now. I can see you. Why are you yeah. not wa- wearing the T-shirt? You know, I, I thought about this last night. <laughs> uh, not Maybe not last night, maybe a couple of, But I, this popped into my head, and I have – I need to go through and – find where that t-shirt is right now and i have it but i need to like sort that out and find it um how do you lose a t-shirt i gave it to you you were in your car so it's yeah no it's it's around um i but you know it's just weird because i thought about it and i'm like i can't just like so during the course (laughs) of the week i'll make it my thing to find the t-shirt and bring it back to the podcast but but yes it pops in my head for some fucking reason i have no idea why um probably because we talked about you wearing it while we watched this match together (laughs) um yeah no that might have been it it was a cool shirt it said los on it it was a cool shirt i'm not sure i'm not gonna get the shirt i just the issue looks like a late 1990s shirt it had Los in, like, a bloody sort of spray paint font. It was real cool, black and white. Everyone would have thought you were neat. But now, guess what? Now they're not going to. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, but, you know, maybe next week they will. Or... Yeah. 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 Yeah, next time we get together, which maybe, maybe not. Uh, all right, so let's, uh, <laughs> let's, let's get into this thing. So Japan, you're familiar with that country. I know Greta's familiar with that country, as a matter of fact. Greta is familiar with that country. Like an Probably more than you. Uh, well, barely, but, you know. Well, she's been twice, <laughs> at least. And you've been Did zero times. This? Okay, all right. <laughs> Anything else, Eric, you want to add? Uh, I don't think so. But uh, Japan, let's talk a little bit about Japan. So if you were going to train... So we talked about training in the in the United States, if you want to become a pro wrestler, what you have to do to become a pro wrestler in the U.S. We we had that discussion a few yeah. episodes ago. Yeah. Go go to wrestling school, and then you yeah. yeah, and you scoffed at it. You you uh, you thought it was hilarious that someone would go to a school to learn how to fall down, but nonetheless, yeah. it's what happens. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I get it. <laughs> you get it now. You do. So in Japan, it's a little bit different. So they have uh, a dojo system in Japan. So you you will show up to this dojo and you will essentially live there. And all the old wrestlers that are kind of running the dojo, you basically have to like care for them and cook their meals. And it's like almost an old school sort of samurai type of system. It sounds very like Japanese or maybe, sorry, but like maybe like Asian cultured type of. Uh... Yeah, well, you could have just left it to the first thing, and I don't think it sounded weird until you threw in Asian culture. But yeah, it's it's a very Japanese way of, of doing those things. So that's <laughs> so that's that's kind of how in in Japan, if you want to be a pro wrestler, you will start in a dojo. You'll you'll over the course of many years, they will teach you like the fundamentals until you actually start like performing in front of people. 
And usually, so in New Japan anyway, I don't I don't know that this is necessarily the case in all companies in Japan, but um, so they. In fact, am I wearing my New Japan hoodie right now? Okay, hold on one second. Let me Are turn you? around. Is it? Can you see it? Uh, New Japan wrestling. Yeah, no, I can. That's no. It's a lion. Do you see how it's a lion? Uh, do it again. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Once you bring it up. Yeah. So that's that's the lion mark. That's their symbol. Yeah. It's their logo. Anyone who comes through their dojo is a young lion. So all young lions like a green belts, right? Yeah. 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 That's that's perfect. So when you're a young lion, you you basically shave your head, you wear black trunks and black boots, no music. Like that's that's you. You're just going out there and they do very very simple maneuvers. They do body slams, they do little Boston crabs, that very simple maneuvers. Are, you, are is this like is this in front of people or is this just like in yeah. the training? It is. Yeah, so they'll they'll be working like the opening match of these shows and so like they'll all just come down to the ring like this, very official looking, short hair, uh, very little personality and over the course of like a year or so that's when they kind of start finding themselves as a wrestler and they start um, they their hair back. Yeah, they grow their hair back. They, they start using fancier moves. Okay. And at a certain point, they've essentially graduated the dojo system, and they go on what's called an excursion. So they will go to the U.K. or Mexico or the United States, and they'll wrestle there for a little while to kind of learn a different style of pro wrestling. So that is kind of, in a nutshell, if you're in Japan, that's how you get started as a pro wrestler. Any questions at this point? No, that makes sense. And so usually you'll bring things back with you from that, not like physical things, but you'll pick up different elements of like Mexican wrestling culture and you'll bring it back and you'll incorporate that into your, your wrestling move set or, you know, the American stuff, like whatever the case may be, wherever it is that you went, you'll sort of adopt some of those traits, generally speaking. So as far as the match that we're going to be watching here today, uh, it is a one-on-one match in New Japan. Do you remember the other New Japan match that we watched so far, Ryan Murphy? Well, I mean, it was a Shingo match. Yes, it was Shingo versus yeah. Will Ospreay. Do you know where that currently sits on our ranking? It's got to be one or two. Number one. Yeah, yeah. The number one match of all time. So this is the second match that we've watched from that same company. Good. About time. <laughs> so um, this is another tournament. This is called the G1 Tournament. This is a tournament that they run every year. Um, It's not like a... Oh, gosh, what's the term? It's not a... It's not like a March Madness type of tournament. It's it's a round-robin, everybody-fights-everybody tournament. Um, There is no March Madness. Sure, well, yeah. It's dead, and it's never coming back. Yeah. Um, So, but there is, like, so is a... Is it a tournament style in some way? So it, it's like let's you have ten guys. Yeah. They will all wrestle one another over the course of like two or three weeks, and if you win, you get like five points. If you lose, you get no points. Like is that tor- and that's basically how, if it's a draw, you get maybe two points, something like that. And you re- and whoever has the most points at the end of the tournament, they win. Yeah. Okay. So it's a point based type. Yeah. Yeah, it's a point-based, like, round-robin type of league tournament type thing. So that's like that's how they soccer. do it there. 
I think the last time we talked about this was the last episode in New Japan that we watched, because they also had a tournament. The, that was the finals of that tournament. This is a different tournament, but you also complained about it then. Yeah. I don't like that style at all. I, I hate it. Why? It's like, it seems subjective to me. Uh, How is it subjective? So, like, and maybe maybe I'm not, like, I, it's it's been a little while since we discussed this, but, like, like so, like, point-based systems seem weird to me. You have judges, and, like, they're, you know. And no, this might be there's a, no judges. Okay, so this is a little bit different, but you're still, like, I, I, I love, like, that you go in there, you, you, you fight till the death, you fight until someone's pinned, and then you're out. Like I, just, that's what you play like in basketball and football. Like in American sports, it's not this points-based bullshit system like that. Like every other country has. I think it's more fair that way. I think it really gives you a chance to kind of see all the different matchups, and you really determine who truly is the best. It's not a fluke. It's not. It's not the Denver Nuggets eight seed knocking out the Seattle SuperSonics one seed. It's not that. It's every team's playing each other, and then whoever's truly the best, that we're going to find out. Like, whoever has the best score at the end, we're going to know, and like, they're the champion. It's just I, different. You know, it, it's different. It's just different. Disagree <laughs> with it fully, and I'm not a fan, but uh, it's different. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so this is, this is not the finals of this tournament. This is just a match that happened to take place within the tournament. Okay. Uh, so our two components, no, uh, participant number one, his name is Tetsuya Naito. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, catchy name. Uh, yeah. His nickname at the time was the Stardust Genius. Star- the Stardust Genius? Stardust Genius. Oh, the Stardust Genius. Okay, got it. That makes more yeah, sense. Yeah, the Stardust okay. Genius. Yeah. As far as what that means, I have no idea. Hmm. It means he's real smart when it comes to figuring out the planets and astrology, probably. Anyway, so 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 Naito, this this match that we're going to watch here today was in 2016, so just a couple years ago. His story, as far as when it starts to get really interesting, starts in 2013. So he won the G1 of 2013, so three years prior to the match that we're going to watch here today. Um, when he won the G1, the winner of that tournament, tournament, they earn a championship match in the main event of the Wrestle Kingdom show in the Tokyo Dome. So it's like a big deal New Year's show that they run every year in January like at the Tokyo Dome. In Tampa Bay. Yeah, the WrestleMania of New Japan, exactly. That's actually, I went to the Tokyo Dome and I watched Wrestle Kingdom when I was oh, in did? Tokyo. From, yeah, yeah. Oh. It was a two-night extravaganza. Ah, uh, ready yes. to not go. <laughs> Next time, her third trip that you also yeah, won't yeah. be attending. It was the biggest disappointment of her trip. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's all there's always going to be more Wrestle Kingdoms unless the coronavirus <laughs> eliminates us all. Um, so after he won this G1 tournament, he then proclaimed himself to be the top star of New Japan Pro Wrestling, and the fans started to turn on him. So whereas he had been kind of a pretty well-received, good guy, babyface wrestler. Now they're like, eh, we don't really so much care. It wasn't even so much that he was getting booed. People just were sort of lukewarm towards him. Yeah, I get that. Um, so from there, uh, the company started to take notice of the lukewarm response to him. For the first time ever, so this has never ever happened before or since, they held a fan vote to determine what the main event of Wrestle Kingdom was going to be for that year. Even though he won the right to challenge, 
they still like, eh, we're going to do a fan vote. And then Naito lost that vote. So even though he he did win the right to win to challenge for the heavyweight title, the heavyweight title was not the main event. A different title was the main event of that show instead. Oh, you gotta have a <laughs> you gotta have a system in place to avoid that thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. If only anyone's been there. Yeah. <laughs> if only they had had a March Madness style tournament, right. and we could have gotten all this right. sorted out. Okay. And then to make matters worse, he lost the match at the Tokyo Dome. Oh. So he goes through this like three-week tournament, wins the right to challenge, then loses the main event spot, and then loses the match. So it doesn't even win the title out of all. Yeah, it's a pretty, it's a pretty sad story. How's he so doing? Any... Huh? Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so, so then he started, he was kind of floundering for a little while. It's just sort of aimless. People had sort of lost interest in, in Naito. In 2015, though, he went on an excursion. So he wasn't a young lion, but he did go on a trip back to Mexico, which... He had tra- uh, trained at before. And while he was there, he fell in with a group. You'll never guess what the name of the group is, Ryan. I feel like I could guess it, but I, I don't I don't know. Um, well, if you had your shirt on, you could probably guess it. Uh, that group was... Okay, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have guessed that, no. <laughs> um, okay. Los Ingobernables. That, you know what? That's all coming together. That makes sense. Good. Yes. Like, hide this whole thing up, Eric. Mm-hmm. That's right. So he fell in with Los Ingobernables, which was a group of bad guy Mexican wrestlers. They were the ungovernables. No one could, they would not obey orders. They were just outlaws uh, doing doing their own thing, and they didn't give a shit about what people thought about them. Uh, so Naito, oh, go ahead. Let me let me kind of just revert real quick. This is a little yeah. off Did you, was this, this match was picked based off the shirt, because you didn't know what that shirt was, right? Is that correct? Correct. Yes. Okay. You didn't have this playing on the shirt like, okay. Sure. No, this wasn't even on my list of matches to watch. I like, when you, no, you were, when, when you pulled the shirt, you were like, you were like, oh shit, like this is something like okay, you, you got like yeah, about yeah, okay. So this is not so yeah, and we'll, we'll, we no, it's not That's something fine. I had planned. It's not something I had planned. Um, so once he fell in with Los Ingobernables, he began adopting some of their mannerisms and their attitude, and he developed a taunt which would go on to sort of encapsulate the Naito character. So I guess one of the themes of today's episode, fortunately or unfortunately enough, is racism. So (laughs) (laughs) this is real. Everything I'm telling you is real. So Naito coming to Mexico as a bad guy, falling in with Los Ingobernables, the bad guy wrestlers, when the fans would heckle Naito, they would do this stereotypical Asian eye kind of pulling out thing to, to taunt him. Classic wrestling fans right there. <laughs> Classic wrestling fans. Yeah. So Naito, in response, he actually would start doing this, where he would widen his eye out as sort of a way to get back at the fans. And that became his signature sort of taunt that has lasted even now that he's still doing. In the summer of 2015, after he comes back from Mexico, he returns to Japan, bringing the teachings of his ungovernable friends back with him. He is now tranquilo. So whereas before you could tell that the fans not caring about him would affect him, now he's very mellow, he's very calm, he doesn't give a shit about anything, he's super tranquilo. Sounds way more Hispanic, too. Yes, Yes, and he starts even incorporating Spanish into, like, the things that he does and the things that he says. Like, he'll do promos in Spanish uh, after matches sometimes. 
so in addition, so part of this new Tranquilo Naito, uh, he'll just fuck with his opponent. So he has like these full three-piece suits that'll wear to the ring, and he'll take legitimately like five minutes of unbuttoning each button slowly. And like if you can, if you can tell the other guys are getting impatient, he'll kind of like back them up a little bit and make the referee step between them, so he can kind of continue doing his cufflinks and stuff like that. So it's just little things to kind of fuck with people because he doesn't care. And he does a lot of poses, and he spits in people's faces a lot. Yeah. So now that brings us to to, to twenty six. What about spitting? There's just a lot. I mean, the I, I still have your DVD, and when he just spit on the grave. Oh, did you guys, did, did you guys watch that? Uh, Greta has not yet, but I, I have it. Uh, we'll we'll check it out. I'll get back to you. Uh, don't. All I ask is that you don't lose it like you lose everything else I give you. <laughs> I made sure that 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 did not get lost. It's sitting <laughs> very here, like uh, yeah. Back to it's like the Holy hour. Grail. Yeah. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> yeah. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> okay, so now in 2016, which again, which is when this match happens, he's established a Japanese chapter of Los Ingobernables. They are called Los Ingobernables de Japón, which is, well, you can guess what that means. And he's begun to, and so at this point, he's started to establish himself as sort of an anti-establishment anti-hero sort of character. So he's not really a good guy, but people are starting to, to dig what he's about. Mm. Sounds familiar. <laughs> kind of kind of like you, Riot. Kind of kind of like you, the talent. The talent. So now he's he's back in the G1. He's looking for redemption and he wants to go back to the main event of the Tokyo Dome to redeem himself as the new improved Tranquilo Tetsuya Naito. Yeah. And that's and that's him. Um, what an incredible journey! Yeah, I know, <laughs> and, and we're all, and we're only halfway through it. So the other guy, his opponent, yeah, his opponent for this for this match, his name is Kenny Omega, uh, from the U.S. Close Canada. Okay, that's pretty much okay. Yep. Yeah, yeah, close enough. Whatever. Yeah, he is known as the Cleaner. You you gonna dive into that one? Uh, basically, you've seen Pulp Fiction? <laughs> what? Have you not seen fucking Pulp Fiction, really? I have seen pieces and parts <laughs> of Pulp Fiction. Uh, I have, I have not seen the whole movie all through and through, but, you know, I have a, I should... Anyway, yeah. so the cleaner, it's, it's just basically, it's a reference to, like... Maybe not necessarily mafia mob types, but, like, criminal types who, like, their job is to make sure that, like, nothing gets picked up by the cops. Like, they're the cleaner. They're the ones that, like, make sure that all the loose ends get tied up, et cetera, et cetera. I feel like there should be a better story behind that name. Well, I mean, talk to 2016 Kenny Omega. Anyway, so he's a Canadian. Uh, He's living in Japan. So he's made a name for himself in Japan in a promotion called DDT. So not New Japan, but DDT where he had a number of unconventional matches, including one against a nine-year-old girl. Oh. And yes, we're going to watch that eventually. <laughs> okay, that's... We're working our way to two things. We're working our way to a death match, and we're going to work our way to uh, the nine-year-old girl match, and we're going to hope that it's not a death match against the nine-year-old girl. Yeah, let's... Okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, so in 2015... Uh, he was brought into New Japan full-time as a member of the Bullet Club, which is a group of evil foreigners who are set on causing chaos within New Japan. Uh, so he started 
as a junior heavyweight, which is you know just a lighter a lighter guy, they have their own division that only fight other junior heavyweights typically. But in early 2016, which is again when this match takes place, he made the jump to the heavyweight decision and he became the boss of the Bullet Club and he kicked out the former leader. Wow. So he's now the head of the Bullet Club. He made the jump from junior heavyweight up to full full fledged heavyweight, and he's now competing in his very first G1 tournament. And he's trying to prove himself as a heavyweight and as the leader of the Bullet Club faction. He's got a lot on his plate. Yeah, so a, both of these guys have got a lot going on. So they've both got a lot riding on this tournament. And that's know. and that that's the you already know who you who you leaning towards. Yeah, uh, the, the, I, I'm the Japanese. You start out, you know, in the Japanese culture, you work your way up, you grow your hair back, you get you know, a lot of just, and then you move to Mexico. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just yeah. So that guy, yeah. So you lean towards Naito. Well, I'm not gonna let you. I'm not. You can't lock it in yet. You at least got to start the match, and then you can. Lock. I'm just leaning towards. I, I could change. I, I could change very quickly. You see, I think you've seen. <laughs> that. Uh, I have. I have seen that. You know. Uh, I mean, Canadians, man, they're just fucking boring. Whoa, that's that's Jesus. Yeah. First, you're first. You're all about Tampa Bay. And now you're all anti-Canadian. I just can't. I can't get a beat on you. I'm still all in on Tampa Bay. <laughs> uh, whenever that comes back around, I, I just keep me posted. I am very yes. disappointed about what happened there. I know you are. Uh, is there anything anything else that we should make a point to address before we watch this match? No. What's your What's your plan for the for the watch? You might cut this out, but uh, what's uh? <laughs> Well, here, let's let, – all right. So I think we're all set. We'll come right back after this commercial break, and Ryan will give you all of his very impressive thoughts on Tetsuya Naito versus Kenny Omega. And guess what, everybody? This match is available for free on Daily Motion, and I'm going to post a link on our social media channel so you can watch it, and uh, you can chime in with your thoughts too. So uh, hit that subscribe button. Mash that fucking likes. And share, hit the share, and you click on all the links. But we are on a lot of different streaming platforms, just F- FYI. We're already on, like, at least eight. So uh, be on the lookout for us. If, if there's a platform you like, we're probably on it. So uh, we'll come back in just a few minutes. Thanks. Hey, everybody. It's Eric Donaldson of the Hardmark Podcast here. And for all you podcast maniacs out there, I have got a recommendation for you, the Watching It podcast. That's right. It's the same program that we played a little bit of a clip of from our last episode. I just wanted to let you all know I actually did a recent guest spot on that show uh, talking about reviewing, critiquing No Holds Barred starring Hulk Hogan. So I actually have uh, a little bit of a clip from that program that I'd like to play for you right now. So check them out wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And without any further ado, let's go to the clip. Remember the magic of wrestling? Um, <laughs> it's something special. I'll say that. It, it, yeah, it's yeah. a unique, <laughs> weird, and wacky world. And I think uh, I have a feeling we may be touching on that world a little bit. Oh yeah, today. absolutely today, absolutely today. Um, I I'll, I just want to say like I I don't like wrestling at all, and I, <laughs> and, I, and, I and I never have in any way. But uh, I really enjoy the podcast. Listen to every episode. You know, Thank it's in you. it's in my regular like rotation. I definitely like refreshing, waiting for that next one to come out. Um, you just. You guys really like delve in to like the backstory mm-hmm. before you yeah. go into it and, and fill in the audience in case they aren't, you know, as knowledgeable about it. So, you know, really, really good job there. Well, as long as we're blowing smoke up one another's. <laughs> 
I need. Uh, I, I enjoy your guys' program. I, uh, I, I Have you ever listened to it? I have. <laughs> I was just talking, telling Donnell, I enjoyed the uh, the Palm Springs episode quite a bit. The uh, the mm-hmm. movie ones are really the ones that I've been gravitating towards. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the movie the movie ones a broader audience. Yeah. So the specific shows are definitely, uh, yeah. you know, targeted. But yeah, I'm working yeah. on, on my way through the boys and, and, and all that good stuff. So, uh, so, yeah, but I'm really, I'm enjoying what you guys are doing and I'm enjoying being in the luxurious studio. I don't know if we have a name for the studio or anything yet. Uh, no. Robert's living room. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Robert's living room studio. But I, my, my goal, my intention, the whole reason I came on the program here today was to convert you, Robert. So by the oh. end of this program, you're going to be a real big wrestling fan. I, I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know if you converted me, but you definitely introduced me into something. So, yeah. so we, we let you pick the, the when yes. we were talking about uh, bringing you on, we let you pick the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought you were going to pick Suburban Commando. Yeah, honestly, yeah. I thought I was like he's going to totally pick that. Yeah. But you picked another movie. Why don't you uh, just tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, so Suburban Commando was what I was leaning towards because it is the best Hulk Hogan movie. Yes, but <laughs> not saying much. Yeah, not saying it's, it's not like you're like yeah from that ba- that catalog of Hulk Hogan. I movies. mean, yeah. All right, so we just watched Tetsuya Naito versus Kenny Omega. If you haven't. Watch that match just yet. Again, we will be posting that link. You may watch. Uh, Ryan, would you recommend that they watch that match? Let's say 1 to 10. 10, you're a super big wrestling nerd. 1, you actively hate wrestling. What level of of interest in pro wrestling would you have to to be able to enjoy that match? That's a a good question. Um... (laughs) I don't think you have to have that. I think, like, after watching so many matches, it made me more, like... I was more in tune to it, because I've seen a lot of, like, dumb shit on the on the ring. <laughs> um, so, like, I mean, that's... Uh, like, I think if you're, a, like, a, a one, you just hate wrestling, there's probably better matches to watch. That would just be, like, more ridiculous. But this one was a fucking... Like, if you're a, if you're a wrestling fan, I think... Like, this is a, a great match to watch. So, uh, like, a four or a five, then. If you're a four or five on the wrestling scale, then you'd probably it's find something... Like it's, a, it's kind of somewhere in the middle. Like, yeah, it was sure. a good match, but, like, if you don't know anything about wrestling, you haven't watched... I don't know. Not that I know a lot about wrestling. I'm just saying, like... Sure. Well, you've yeah. watched now 11 matches. 11 matches, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it was it was very it was a very good match. Um, I, I recommend to anybody. I'm just saying, you know, that's... Sure, I, I would recommend to. Are you just um, quick aside? Let's just get the the most important thing out of the way. You chose, even though really the whole reason that we chose this match was because you got that Los Ingobernables shirt, and this was really kind of centered around Tetsuya Naito, member founder actually of mm. Los Ingobernables de Japón. Um, you chose Kenny Omega, and who won that match, Ryan Murphy? Kenny Omega, of course. Yeah. I look at my record on the board, so. Yeah, that's true. People knew right away when I, when I picked it, yeah. So. so that puts your record at four and seven. You're actually, bit by bit, getting closer to 500. Right now. Yeah, she's probably really impressed. <laughs> she just said she was. That is not say anything. Oh, she never said if he if he was eleven and zero, would you be impressed, Greta? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, so let's go ahead. Yeah, yeah I, I heard it. I heard that oh. it came through loud and clear. I mean, okay. not that I had any doubt, but uh, let's go to the oh, notes. Yeah. Let's hit, no, let's hit the notes. 
Man, you are all over the place with that microphone. Like, <laughs> Well, now I'm holding it, so I have more things to fidget with. <laughs> Guess what my first note of this match is? The spitting? Uh, no, my first ma- note of this match, Omega looks like a generic Canadian. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen you come around 180 degrees so hard on any participant that we've watched so far, because you were very, very nonplussed by Kenny Omega at the start. It just it just sounded so much like, like uh, oh, fuck, you forget his name, no, no, uh, Naito? Naito, yeah. Like, Naito, seems like, like, it seemed like he had way more of a story. He did. He this is true. Generic, like, fucking Canadian guy um, who I didn't think much of. And he, I mean, very quickly kind of came out and just fucking started, like, throwing him around. Um, yeah. And I, I, my immediate reaction was to be like, okay, like, this is going to end poorly for him. Uh, normally the guy like starts smacking around, but I've been wrong so many times, you know, like that I've now I've had to shift my like uh, kind of how I judge these matches. So it's it's tough. It's really tough for me, Eric. Uh, but you know, yeah. You know, Is that why we only get together every three to four weeks? Because it's so tough. You have to like it takes that much yeah. time for you to kind of recoup yourself. Right. But um, I mean, I don't know. You probably have other questions, but the way he started like fucking throwing real moves out there, I that that was when I was sold. Was Give me really an example. You mean talking about like the elbows and stuff? The ring, like that. I mean, he threw the guy like four rows into the stance, and then went back and finished the move, and then like again, like fucked him up right after that with the little like arm like into the you know into the commentator stand. Yeah, that move. Yeah, it just he. He did three moves, and they were all, like, saw, like, that looks like it fucking hurts. Not like a little tap into the ring like everyone does. <laughs> I think I fall on my back. Yeah, no, that, a lot of that does does happen. Um, and we will talk about kind of that, that section of the match in just a, a little bit more. But, yeah, I think that was definitely when the match sort of escalated from two guys having a match, you know, feeling each other out to, like, oh, okay, now things are escalating, and this is like a classic match at this point. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Uh, and I. Yeah, no. Go ahead. Go with your next points. So I'll, I'll. I'll recap this. Yeah. Um. My next note. Naito looks intense. Wouldn't want to fight him. Mm. Was it he the did mask? In the beginning. <laughs> I, I'd fight him now. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Yeah. Um, that mask was cool. I do like Naito's ring gear. Like he always has very nice suits on. I think you I inadvertently I like four minutes ahead, so I don't know. Yeah, you, somehow you did. I don't. I was getting very frustrated with you, but it all worked out. <laughs> yeah. um, spitting. Let's talk about spitting. God damn, man! Like, um, I feel like there's been just absolute brawls in all sports, like NBA, MLB, NFL. Where where you spit on someone and that's it like the whole the the field clears like benches are clear and people like and this was like just like a normal like occurrence like he just spit on him like three times and there's like hardly a reaction. Yeah, Naito. Yeah, Naito is one of the biggest defenders of spitting in wrestling that I've seen. Like usually in most matches, he'll spit at least maybe once. But Omega being a bad guy was like equally adept at spitting, and so then it just became a big spit-off. 
That's that was that was um, that was strange. And I, like it did, it played a role like early, but like that was kind of it. I didn't really see much of it towards the end. Maybe no, it yeah, no, it was it was an early match thing. Have you ever been spit on in real life? I ha- I have I have not. Um, but I know that that is like an instant call to a fight. Like if you get if you spit on somebody, yeah, like expect a fight. <laughs> it's know? true. Yeah, right. So I never really I, yeah. thought about it like that, but you're right. I, I I never have, but I, I do know that it's like it's like the ultimate sign of disrespect. I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, like that's fair to say. I, yeah. I actually now I didn't even think about any of that. I got spit on one time. Mm. I remember, gosh, how old would I have been? Probably like fourth or fifth grade, maybe a little bit older, but not by much. Uh, there was a kid that lived on the same hill as me, so we all like rode the same bus and we'd walk up the the hill for, you know, it was like a eh, about a 10-minute or, or so walk up up this hill. It was a pretty good-sized hill. And for whatever reason, me and this kid had had like a, a sort of a verbal fight, an altercation of sorts, and I was going up to approach him, and I was like walking up behind him, and he turns around, and he had been saving up all this spit, and he turns oh. around and immediately spit in my face, and I was furious and I chased him and like he was running like it wasn't like oh I'm gonna this is gonna be my provocation to a fight it was like I'm gonna spit in this guy's face and then run away is what it was and I was just fuming for the rest of that day yeah it's fucking it's it's like it's disgusting and like but like it's just I think more so than it's like disgusting is like I've it, yeah, you spit on someone like that's that's it. Like those, like yeah, like you said, you chased the guy until like you know. Uh... Yeah, until he ran to his house. It, it's <laughs> the yeah. intent is to provoke. Like that's really what it is. Like if if someone threw poop at you, you might be like so befuddled and like right. what the fuck and like want to clean right. yourself up. But spit, like it's not so gross where you ine- immediately need to clean yourself. Sure. It's just gross enough to just infuriate you immediately. But like three times early in the match, like a lot of stuff is spinning. Like there was a uh, lot of spinning. There was, yeah. So that was I, and I don't think I've seen that. Like it, besides, like besides the spit on the grave. <laughs> yeah, and that was just that, a little that spit. Sense. That was that was perfect. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you can't walk out of there without spitting on straight in that in that match. But this one, like, I don't think I've seen any other wrestling match where like spitting was so like relevant uh, to the to the match. Can I just say? I've had to explain to you what happens in Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant no less than seven or eight times. But (laughs) you yourself, without any provocation or indication from me, have specifically referenced the spitting on the grave part of the graveyard match several times now this episode. It's... I don't know if it's disheartening to me, the things that you choose to to carry with you and remember, but uh, I just find it interesting. Well, I think I think the the my the reason it stands out so much is like we watched that episode and it was like it was ridiculous. I mean, the guy jumped out of the tree and the fucking commentators and like the fact like he came out the the whole fucking thing. But like he's <laughs> here we go again. He spit on his grave and you didn't even like acknowledge it. Like it was just like that was like part of it. And I was like, yeah, of course he like, spit on about, his grave, Ryan. You didn't even say you didn't say anything. Yeah, it wasn't worth bringing up. Huh? He threw him in a in a casket. He dumped the casket <laughs> in a in an open grave. He lit the grave on fire, and then he spit on it. I mean, you're right. Of it's course, expected. that's what's... yeah. No, you're right, but 
I, that's, I think, the most shocking part to me was, like, we were, like, <laughs> all these parts, and, like, you didn't even acknowledge they just, like, I think we talk about spitting being, like, a, a huge offense, but, like, spitting on someone's grave, that's, like, the most egregious offense of all time, like, you, you know. Uh, the Kiss demon knew what he was getting into. It made the wrestling match. I still need to, me and Greta, we're going we're gonna to check it out. There you go. She's been dying to, but, um. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. That, you can that, watch that. I'll watch Brink 2. You haven't? What the fuck, Eric? Ah, I don't want to get into that right now. We've... <laughs> oh my god! I swear, I swear, I will. But you need oh, you yeah? need to remind like, me. Like this weekend, like, when you... I remind you, like I, I swear, I'll watch it this weekend. Yeah, I meant to on Sunday, but I got busy. Anyway, so next, the next, okay, so here's where the match really starts to escalate. So we got the spinning that that, that reeled you in. And I think that the match really started to escalate at the body slam, like on the ring. So when Kenny Omega body slams Naito on like the side of the ring, like that for me was like, oh shit, okay. This is this is starting to get interesting. I'm trying to remember that specific piece. Um that was another thing that you poo pooed. You were like, it wasn't so bad on the replay. Oh but like, it, it was bad. The side of his body hit it. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was I basically mean, lumbar was, on the corner of the ring. No, that wasn't that bad. That okay. Agree to disagree, and you're an idiot. So next thing is, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I mean, they they show a lot, of, and then like, here's my issue with it. Like, yeah, maybe that hurts, but then he's on the ground, and he's like, he's like holding his arm, you know, like oh my, oh, you know, like it's not even like he's grabbing his shoulder. I'm, I'm, so I'm, you know I'm, how C four and C five vertebrates not. work, Ryan? What? It's a cascading effect all through your entire body. I'm the spine is it a little bit, but like, I mean, like, play it up like where it actually hurts. Don't like hold your arm. So that's my thing with those like types of moves. Those moves are fucking bullshit to me. I'll never respect them. Uh, you throw someone out of the ring and you do some fucking like fly flipping shit like they did. That's that's what I'll that's what I'll respect. How do you do? You respect the mouth pulling apart? That was oh, I don't know. That was weird. Um... I, I, that's just bad guy shit. When you're a bad guy, you just want to like gouge at people's eyes, grab their nose and yank it. Like you want to do shit like, like that. He did, he did his mouth and then he did his eyes. Like he did everything. Like he was, that was, that, yeah, that was an odd moment. Um, I don't think it's like. It yeah, made an impression on you. Well, I think it's because, like, all of a sudden I was at, like, 15 minutes in. I don't know how we got there. I don't know what was happening to my, my feed. Um, but I was, like, skipping ahead. And then all of a sudden, like, without, like, really any explanation, he's, like, ripping his face open. <laughs> and, uh, That's it. We did encounter some IT issues, but luckily we managed to get it sorted out. Yeah, that was weird. I don't know. It, it was – it made – I don't know what to say about it. I don't know. I don't have a good Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, then really where the match sort of escalated, as you already alluded to, the drop kick that Omega hit on Naito that sent Naito into the guardrail. Yeah. And then the power bomb through the table, like threw him into the yeah. audience, basically. Yeah. And then he did the uh, the front flip out to the out to the floor on top of Naito and basically just crashed and burned on the floor. And I feel like usually you don't see like three consecutive moves like that. Like, usually someone, like, comes in and try. maybe, like, they, you know, he'll try to break it up with one of his moves, but, like, it was three consecutive just, like, holy shit, that looked like it hurt, you know, real moves. So, I, I that, that's when I was sold. 
<laughs> it was it was pretty quickly after that that you formally chose Omega uh, to win the match, and I could tell that you were a little resistant to it, but you just you, you yeah. couldn't uh, you couldn't pick against them. Well, he kind of just like I mean, not to go like too much further, but he kind of just handled the whole match like. Like, Naito wasn't really ever in it. Um, there was a couple moments that, like, you might like, oh, maybe he's getting, but, like, no. Like, I mean, can he handle it from, like, start to finish? Yeah. Um, handled, the, handled his business. Handled his shit. Yeah. Yeah. So. Then he, then eventually hits that one-winged angel, and that was, uh, that was ball game. That was game over. Yeah, the one-winged angel, I still don't really understand. I mean, he kind of, like, he seemed like he had a couple, like, variances of, of it. Um, well, he only ever hit it once. He was going for it a couple times, though. Yeah, yeah. The premise of the move is you have the guy up on top of your shoulders, like, yeah. um, what is what is that called when a when a parent has their child? Is it just up on the shoulders? There should be a term for that, but I don't think that there is. Like just like walking with a kid on their shoulders or something. Yeah, yeah, with their legs around the neck. This should be like piggyback. That instantly, you instantly know what piggyback is, but there's not a thing where you can say, like, oh, I had them in the rigmarole, and then you know, oh, that means that you had their legs around your shoulders. Yeah, I didn't, I mean, I wasn't a huge fan of, like, I mean, I was glad he finished it, so I won, but sure. I wasn't, like, a huge fan of the finishing move. It wasn't, like, that spectacular. Uh, I thought he had way better moves throughout the match. It was just, uh, I mean, he, he finished them, so that was that was great. For me. Well, you, you can watch a compilation at some point. But, yeah, he has a guy up on his, sh- on his shoulders. He grabs her head, and he drives her head straight down in the mat. Yeah. That's, that's okay, the so, so that, okay, yes. It just, like, it's not, a, okay, I should rephrase it. It's not a spectacular-looking move. It yeah. looked like it did the fucking job. Like, I mean, again, it's one of those moves <laughs> where I'm like, how the fuck do these guys not break their necks, like, more often? Sure. Yeah, even if they're, it's just, it's it's shocking that uh, they can they can do it. Anyway. Let's get to the ranking. Again, I, I I know you sent me this on Facebook, and I need to like make notes. Uh, <laughs> me give me give me a quick rundown of Taz versus Bam Bam one more time. Taz versus Bam Bam. You you were a big Taz fan. You were pretty lukewarm on Bam Bam. Bam Bam was the big guy with flames all over his uh, his gear. He also had tattoos on the top of his head. Oh, yeah. uh, the highlights of that match was Taz throwing Bam Bam into the crowd. Uh, Bam Bam no, slip, <laughs> yeah, which was a great, which was a great, great time. Uh, Bam Bam slipped on a soda outside the ring and, and fell. The end of the match was them falling literally through the ring, and then Bam Bam emerged, drug Taz out of the ring, and then pinned him. Like the ring completely broke, right? Yes. Yes. I can't remember why I put that so high. I feel like I did not like that. Was there another match when we watched that happen? No, that's the only one. That's it? And this is still number two? Yeah. Fuck. Okay. Um, I am thinking right now that this match is either one or two. Okay. Um, so I don't know. I'm, I am I loved the fact that it came down to like time at the end, too, and it was like a time crunch to like finish it. And they sure. did, and made, like the commentating more interesting. And I, you know, I love a good com, you know, good commentary. You do, you do love a good commentary. The commentary wasn't great in that match, but it was solid. It wasn't bad. Well, uh, it also, it probably didn't help that you and I were like chatting throughout yeah. more than we probably ordinarily would. But yeah, I thought that the moments that you could hear it kind of ring through, it it was fine. Yeah, it was fine. It wasn't great. Um, but uh, 
So Osprey versus Shingo or Omega versus sure, Naito. It's for, yeah, it's for sure at least number two. I'm just trying to think if it goes number one. And Is there I don't any information? I, I don't... What's that? Is there any information I can provide to you to help you make your decision? I still don't want to put it past... I, I remember, like, you know, the Shingo match was, like, my fucking match. Like, that guy... <laughs> that was... That was High class fucking wrestling, but still have uh, the wrestling, you know. I will I, say so. Here's what I'll say before you before you say anything else. I think, and granted, I haven't watched the Shingo versus Osprey match since we watched it together. No. I think that, especially with Will Osprey, I think that match was a little bit more high flying. Like especially with like Shingo, there was a point where Shingo did. Uh, basically a move where he crotched himself on the guardrail, essentially, and there was, like, a bunch of other flips and dives and stuff. I love that. Um, So that was a little bit more athletic. I think Omega versus Naito was a little bit more hard-hitting. I I think there was one move in this match that was, like, a little bit overlooked, and I can't, like, specifically recall, but it was, like, an over-the-ring, and he grabbed him, and it's just this fucking, like, crazy acrobatic, like, you know. Yeah. I love that. I, 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 and I, I know there was some of that in the in the Shingo match. Um, so, I, what, which was that? How many matches in before we watched that? That was the second match we ever watched. We watched Andre versus Hulk, and then we watched Osprey versus Shingo. Um, I think I think I would put this one right now, just because I'd have to maybe go back and like review. I think I put the second. Okay. Um, and then, you know, maybe I'm like holding the first one. I I might have to go back and just read for future matches' sake. Uh, sure. And see what I see what I actually watch there. But um, yeah, no, I, I put it easily second, if not, you know. But we'll go second for now. Okay. Good match. It was a good match. I liked it. It was a hell of a match. I had never actually, and I think I might have alluded to this before we went to the break. Uh, I had never actually watched that match before, but it was a great a great match. Oh. I've seen other matches between Naito and Omega since then, and they have phenomenal chemistry. Every match I've seen of theirs has been very good. There you go. New, new number two. We got our top. The top eleven matches, professional wrestling matches of all time, have been determined here today. Um, now, as far as next week goes, we'll finish out things. I think you and I have chatted long enough for today. Not that I don't enjoy our conversations, but I'm sure Greta wants her living room back. Um, for next week, what do you think? <laughs> oh, is she still working? Yeah. God loves a working man. Jiminy Christmas. Um, <laughs> would you... I'll give you the, the choice. Yeah. The choice between two matches. How's that sound? Yeah, please. All right. Let me go Let me go to my list. Give me one second. Is one a death match? No, we're not, we're not there yet. Okay, all right. We got to build up. I mean... <laughs> Okay, no, that's. I mean, we're eleven episodes in. I'm just saying it's. That's not enough. I'm telling you. That's, I'm telling you that's not enough. We we've we've barely we've seen like a. Have we seen chairs used yet? Maybe once. You know. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead with your picks. We need to dip our toe into like using weapons and stuff like that, and then we'll we'll gradually work our way up. But like we okay, like but when we're dip, like move beyond. You're like a petulant child. I just you know come on. Pick up the pace. We want to get to a deathmatch soon. I don't want another Osprey Shingo situation where we set the bar so high we can't ever possibly <laughs> top it. I, I don't want to do that to you, Ryan. 
Okay. Uh, so we always have to have something to look forward to. So for next week, okay, I'm giving you two options. Yeah. Our first match, because we, we, our main sort of story arc that we've been working on has been the story of Hulk Hogan. Back to yeah. the Hulkster. So we can do Hulk Hogan versus the Ultimate Warrior at WrestleMania 6. Or... Uh, where was that? That was in Toronto at the Sky Dome. Okay. Did you know that I was going to know the answer to that question? I I feel like I could pretty, pretty much lay out any wrestling question. You fucking know the answer to it. <laughs> it's like absurd, but yeah, uh, I did. <laughs> yeah, it's Toronto right. Sky Dome. The first WrestleMania ever outside of the United States. Um, and actually, and, and here, I'll, I'll just to sweeten the pot, because otherwise these are just names I'm throwing at you. So yeah. this is notable mm. for being the very first WrestleMania main event ever that was a good guy versus another good guy. So Hulk Hogan had always been kind of set up to, you know, slay these big bad guy wrestlers, but this is the first time he was fighting another fan favorite. So that was sort of the allure of that match. Yeah. Uh, this was also around the same time that I was getting into wrestling as a, oh. as a youth. Uh, the other match, uh, you remember Ric Flair? I do remember. Well, this may shock you, but Ric Flair has ch- children. No. Believe it. Does he have like One seven? of these... Um, I don't know. I don't think it's that many. I think he's got like three or four. But uh, one of his children, uh, a girl named Charlotte... That's not a real name, but she, that's what she wrestles as. Charlotte Flair, um, she had a match against someone that you might be familiar with, Ronda Rousey. Oh, shit. So Ronda, Ronda Rousey wrestled for was about a year. Hmm? Pardon me? I, I said, was she nine? Like the was match seven. you were talking about? <laughs> okay, go ahead. Oh, no, yeah, this isn't the nine-year-old. Good, good joke, though. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so, so those are our two options. So you have uh, Hulk versus Ultimate Warrior, or Charlotte Flair, the daughter of the legendary Ric Flair, versus Rowdy Ronda Rousey, which we have not yet watched any women's matches yet. So I thought yeah. it was about time to introduce that. So either way, um, I, I I think that would be like it. Okay, when do I do you want me to finish this now, or do you want me to wait? No, when are, Well, I mean, do you think it would be better? You know what? I'm going to commit you to do it now. You got to, you got to choose right now, so the people know uh, what to expect. I, I would be, I would be interested to watch uh, the the uh, the daughters match. Um, the daughters only. Well, I mean, I guess Ronda Rousey's someone's daughter, but I, I don't think anyone knows the. Her well, it was Ric Flair's daughter versus Ronda Rousey. Yes, Ric Flair's daughter, Charlotte Flair versus. Rowdy. I, I mean, I, I, I've seen. I know. I, I mean, I know Hulk Hogan's your guy, and like you know, but like we've seen, we've seen a couple of his matches. Um, yeah, and we'll see plenty more. I, <laughs> just okay. All right. No, we're eventually working our way up to that Hulk Hogan death match. Is he a death match? No. Uh, that's he's never fucking, and nor will he ever. Okay. Um. Yeah, so no, I'd, okay. I'd be I'd be intrigued to watch that. That'd be, that'd be okay. Great. Next next episode, then we've got Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey. So tune in for that. Uh, should be should be a ripper and good time. Um, cool. Anything else we should leave the people with before I take a turn at uh, Eric's wisdom tree? No, I mean good luck editing this. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thank you very much. I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, in that case. All right, Eric's Wisdom Tree. Let's finish it all, all out strong. You really listen to this uh, Wisdom Tree. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is, this is going to be a good one.
Alright, Eric's wisdom tree. Your first love? We should maybe rate these too. Rate the wisdom trees? Yeah, what was the first one? Like, don't like trust a girl with a a foot tattoo. A foot tattoo. Oh, excuse me! <laughs> Alright, I already knew you were setting me up for that ride. <laughs> I heard that yours is on your ankle anyway, Greta, so you're you're exempt from this. <laughs> Ankles are totally fine. Ankles are what sensible women have, but foot tattoo, avoid them. Um, and then last week, I don't remember what last week was. I think it was, don't, never trust a man whose ass is wider than his shoulders. Okay, so this... This week's for Eric's Wisdom Tree, uh, Dachshunds. You're familiar with Dachshunds? Dachshunds. I, I, Wiener dogs? Yeah, okay. Yeah, you know about what you've heard of I these dogs yeah, before? No, uh, yeah, okay. They're Dachshunds. That's what they're official. They're not called Wiener dogs, not the official term. Anyway, uh, Dachshunds are the worst breed of dog. Don't ever buy a Dachshund. I, did you just recently learn this? or I've known it for a while, but I've only made it public right now. I feel like I've preached this for a long time. Um, I dogs the dachshunds. I fucking hate. Okay, it's not the, it's not the dog breed. It's like the yappy, like any sort of like yappy. Yeah, but dachshunds are the worst of all the yappy dogs. Why? That's, Did that's... you have a bad experience with one recently, or? Not recently. No, I just I've always thought they were piece of shit dogs. <laughs> they're just like point. Like they are the most aggressive of all like the little dog breeds. Like they're just pieces of shit and assholes. So I just say don't don't worry about it. Just don't even uh, bother with dachshunds. What about cats? Not, what do, I don't I don't know. I'm sure there are differences between tabbies and whatever other cat types that there are, but I don't know them. This is our cat named Dachshund. Wait, that's your cat named Dachshund? That's not your cat named Dachshund. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Great advice. Um, I'm a little surprised it took you this long, but. I think everyone fucking knows that, Eric. That's not even good advice. My well, advice some, somebody, I bet somebody doesn't know. That's true. That's that's true. I mean, people keep buying them, so. Right, and women keep getting foot tattoos. I'm here to tell people, don't do not do these things. Just, just don't worry about it. Spend some time at the wisdom tree. I'll let you know what to avoid. And, hey, get ultra-pasteurized milk while you're at it. That was also one of them. Good. Okay. Yeah. All right, man. Well, um, awesome. I think we're all set. Well, thanks for listening to the Hardmark Podcast. You can find us on everything, so just look for us and um, tell your grandmother. I mean, your grandmother's probably in quarantine right now anyway, so, I mean, what else is she going to do besides listen to the Hardmark Podcast? So we've got all sorts of wisdom for your grandmother about not trusting women with foot tattoos, so I'm sure she would appreciate it. Yeah, that's it. Anyway, um, if you're not hard, get hard. And once you get hard, stay hard. Take it easy, everybody. <laughs> I feel like any shitty activity or hobby I could list, you'd be like, oh, I did that. Yeah, I spent two grand on it. 